You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1141 of Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Tuesday evening, and today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want or that you don't need, and it can even help you negotiate better deals than those that you want to keep. Today's podcast will be something of a catch-up episode. Uh, if you missed it, I had a crossover pod with Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs that I dropped on Sunday evening, kind of in place of the Hawks-Cavs recap podcast that, that game got postponed. Quite obviously, and it's been very busy since then. Uh, lots of uncertainty with the entire NBA at the moment, and that includes the Hawks with uh, protocols now in play in a way that they kind of never were for the Hawks. As I sort of mentioned on that podcast with Chris, which is still available, by the way, if you want to listen and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I talked about that a little bit with him, but in the last two seasons, a lot of teams around the NBA have been impacted directly by COVID health and safety protocols. And for the first time, really, the Hawks are now feeling that as the entire league has this massive uptick in cases um, with the Omicron virus and the variant that it is. So lots to get into on the podcast, and the Hawks are scheduled to return to the court on Wednesday. The game is still on right now as they're supposed to be hosting the Orlando Magic on Wednesday at home at State Farm Arena. We'll get into that at the end of the podcast sort of a preview of that game. But for now, lots of news to catch up on. So to start with... Um, the news really started breaking for the Hawks anyway at about 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday when Trey Young was reported to be in the protocols by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Um, and that immediately put Christmas in danger. People were asking me immediately about that. And, and, and I would say in addition to, you know, is Trey okay? And Trey's been tweeting ever since then, which is uh, positive. He seems to uh, believe, well, we, and actually he said plainly on Twitter on Tuesday that he is asymptomatic at this point in time. So he seems to be feeling fine. That's obviously the biggest thing. But he's also the first player to be in the protocols for the Hawks this season. Um, from there, obviously, a lot of reporting. The Hawks never announced that because they, they actually didn't really have to do so. Um, they had no injury report to post because they had not been playing a game at that point. Um, so it was one of those weird things. Uh, but then they finally sort of put him, put him on, the, on the injury report. Um, but from there, the game was postponed because of the Cavs not being able to play. That was one of the sort of mistaken things that that... Um, people kind of, I don't, know, I don't know if assumed is the right word about the Hawks, but um, Trey Young was not the reason that game got, got postponed. It was because the Cavs did, could not have enough players to field a, field a team and play in that game. So that game that game's postponed. Monday it was a scheduled off day. I want to stress it was a scheduled off day for the Hawks before this, so that was, there was no changes there because uh, they had that they had that game. And then two days between games, uh, they will often have an off day in that in that mix. So Monday was uh, nothing out of the ordinary other than Trey already being in the protocols. But then Tuesday morning, uh, Kevin Chouinard of Hawks.com reported that the Hawks had canceled practice, um, and they did cancel practice. I can confirm that earlier today. Um, and then from there, the speculation kind of began um, as to what, what, why they might have canceled practice, etc. And we'll come back to this later on, but there was some people reporting that a couple guys are going to be signed by the Hawks. First, it was Lance Stevenson and sort of a hardship exception, which they could have done that. Just uh, And we'll come back to this in a second as well. They could have signed one player, but then there was a second player reported to be signed in which I immediately tweeted, like, look, for the Hawks to be able to sign two players, someone else has to be in the protocols. We didn't know at that point, uh, at least officially. And then moments, uh, I guess moments, maybe less than an hour after that, 
we started to get word of other guys. So Click Capella and Danilo Gallinari are both now in the protocols as well. That brings the Hawks total to three, and uh, obviously three of their more prominent players as well. All three are vaccinated. That's Young, Capella, and Gallinari. So they'll have the ability to return with two negative COVID tests 24 hours apart before they can return to action. Um, so people already asking, you know, I know me and Sarah Spencer and Chris Kirchner and Kevin and Zach and other people kind of repeatedly if Trey's going to be able to play on Christmas Day. And uh, the answer is we don't know at this point in time. No one could possibly know that. Um, even if Trey is feeling fine, he has to test out of the protocols. It's an active process. Keep that in mind throughout all of this. Also, Sarah Spencer of the AJC reported that the symptoms for all three players are really not there or mild, and there are also three Tier 1 team and personnel members, and all of them are either asymptomatic or having just mild symptoms. So no one is sick at this point in time. That's a positive. Uh, obviously, it could change, and we hope not, but that is obviously the biggest thing. I, and I'll focus on basketball on the podcast for the most part because that's what we're here to cover, but I want to say, I want to say this one time and have it be, have it be very, very clear and stressed. Uh, the hope and the biggest thing is that none of these people and you know players and staff get sick from this. That's the most important thing by far. Obviously, there's lots of money stuff and um, player and you know player stuff and basketball games and wins and losses, all that stuff. But the most important thing is that nobody gets sick. I think that should be implied. But in case it wasn't, that's definitely the most important thing. Alas, um, some more backdrop here before we get to some other fallout um, on Sunday. The NBA and the Players Association made an agreement to try and help teams that uh, to be able to add replacement players and have enough players to get through games. So this is going to remain in place for about a month until January 19th. And essentially, a couple of tweaks here. Teams can sign replacement players for every single positive COVID test that comes up on their roster, and they won't come. Sorry, they won't count towards the salary cap or the luxury tax. So essentially, because Trey Young went in the protocol, the Hawks were immediately allowed to sign someone without affecting their roster size or affecting their money situation other than just paying that player out of pocket. Now, it's a 10-day hardship waiver. It's not like you can sign a player to a multi-year contract or even a full-year contract. It's a 10-day deal, but they could have done that right away, and as we'll get into a second, they're going to be doing that momentarily. Um, actually, though, the league also went as far as to say if you have at least two positives on your roster, you are now mandated to sign at least one player. And if it goes up to three, you're mandated to sign at least two players, etc. And now the Hawks have three um, players in protocols at this moment that I'm recording this on Tuesday about 7 p.m. Eastern. And because of that, they had to sign two players at least and up to three players to fill those spots. Um, in addition to all of that sort of uh, tweaking of that part of the roster, um, the agreement also allows teams to scrap the two-way player limit this season. For this season, um, two-way guys were supposed to be limited to being active in only 50 games out of 82, which is kind of you, you kind of have to be strategic. Um, obviously, the guys who are in two ways this year, Skylar Mays and, and Shreve Cooper, have not been playing a lot for the Hawks, but um, they couldn't be active even for more than 50 games under the old rules. Now that rule is out the window. So. That applies to both Cooper and Mays. They can now be with the Hawks all year long if they want to be. I'm not sure if they will be, but they're now allowed to be with Atlanta throughout the rest of the season. Okay. <laughs> I know that's a lot to take in. We're going to get to a quick break here in a second to talk about all the other stuff and more basketball stuff. But before we get to that, I will just say, and before we touch upon these, who these guys are, the two guys the Hawks are reportedly signing are Lance Stevenson, uh, who is a very familiar name, and Malcolm Hill. Um, and by the way, as I said once before, one of the giveaways that the Hawks had more than one guy in the protocol was that they were both reported before uh, we knew who was going to be in the protocols. But we'll get into more on Stevenson and more on Hill 
and more on the G League guys coming back and some Christmas stuff and some Adam Silver comments. And, of course, later on, the game as well. But before we get to all of that, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Truebill. Do you know why free trials are new without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let corporate greed pocket your money. Instead, download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, don't want, or simply forgot about. On average, people can save $720 a year with Truebill, and because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Your Truebill concierge is there right with you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. And Truebill is awesome for someone like me who has a ton of subscriptions across the landscape. Sports makes it so I have to keep a wide swath of information. It's really, really valuable to have Truebill to make sure that I don't get bamboozled. Truebill has over 2 million users and it's helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands per year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's podcast is also sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Football season continues and the march to the playoffs is here. And BetOnline has you covered all season long for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. And you can head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% extra cash and a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. One more time, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive that welcome bonus from BetOnline.ag. With basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, auto racing, and much, much more, in addition to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of this amazing offer and all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And one more time, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and we'll dive in here. Obviously, again, I want to stress it's 7 p.m. or so on uh, on Tuesday evening, Eastern Time. So uh, I don't often time fit the podcast, but because there's so much changing, it's important to know when I'm recording this. Um, but as of now, the Hawks have not announced the signing of either Lance Stevenson or Malcolm Hill. It's been reported widely and uh, confirmed by a couple of different places, but keep that in mind as you're listening to this. Um, both are 10-day hardship deals, as I sort of referenced before. That's, that's all the Hawks can do. They don't have an open roster spot, so they have to fill these uh, spots, but they actually have to be these 10-day hardship kind of contracts. Stevenson is, along with Isaiah Thomas, the most famous player to sign one of these who are on the NBA. There's been a lot of talk about uh, guys who are basically anonymous and maybe uh, some remembering guys from college and um, guys that I would know as a diehard and maybe not a lot of people wouldn't. Lance is a lot more famous than most of these guys. He's been out of the league, though, since 2018-19. He's not played in the NBA in a long time. Had the one great year in Indiana in 2013-14. But otherwise, and this is me talking, I think Lance is probably pretty overrated as a player. Um, Obviously was a quality NBA player for a little bit of time, though. It's been a while. He's 31 years old. Um, Has a couple of pretty troubling abuse charges in his past. I would encourage you, if you uh, want to read about that, to Google them. 2009-2010 are the two different spots there. It's been a long time, but those were not brought up a lot today, which I thought was at least interesting that nobody kind of talked about that. But alas, um, on the court, he's played in 12 games for Grand Rapids in the G League this year. Reported looked look pretty good. I saw him play about a half in the G League Showcase over the weekend um, because it was making the rounds on Twitter that he was playing and looking good. I kind of flipped it on and watched a little bit. Um, not a good shooter, never was, but has some creation ability. Uh, was a decent defender at one point in time as well. And obviously a veteran, older guy. Might be able to play in a pinch if the Hawks had to. I will say um, the Hawks at the present moment 
with only three guys in the protocols and a couple of injuries, probably don't need to play either of these guys, including Lance, but they could have to in the future. We'll see. And also, Stevenson has some history with Nate McMillan. He played for him in, in, in Indiana, so that's probably relevant in this situation as well. So he's the more famous guy, but uh, he is now on the roster. If they announce that, it's nothing official at this moment in time, and they, they don't have to do that until Wednesday. And because it's only a 10-day contract, there's some incentive for the team to not do it until the day of the game, because then, then you could kind of start the clock a little bit later. Um, as for Malcolm Hill, a 6'6 wing out of Illinois, um, he actually graduated from Illinois in 2017, so I watched him play in college several times. I've not seen him play much at all since then. He's been playing internationally for the most part, but has been playing in the G League this year for Birmingham. Shooting well from three, 40% from three this year. That seems to be a little bit over his head from what I can tell on paper and also in watching him in limited times. But he's a, a lot less famous than Lance Stevenson, but maybe maybe actually could be as useful or more useful depending on the, on the shooting. Um, who knows right now? Um, there's no indication, at least actually there was some reporting from, from Sarah, Spencer, Sarah Spencer on Tuesday, that the Hawks are probably not going to sign anybody else right now. They don't have to. They had to do two, but they don't have to do three. But they can sign one more guy if they want to at the present moment. And they should uh, potentially at least be active and available for Wednesday if they can get to town and get situated. Um, elsewhere in bolstering the bench, the Hawks did recall all three of Jalen Johnson, Sharif Cooper, and Skylar Mays from the G League earlier this week. Um, Johnson and Cooper played in the G League Showcase their first game with College Park in Las Vegas on a late Sunday night game. Um, actually, there was talk because of the game still being on at that point in time for Sunday. Um, Nate was actually asked if any of those guys could get back in time to kind of fill in because Trey had gone in the protocols. But because they were in Vegas, that wasn't going to be, uh, uh, I guess, reasonable. So they let them play in the G League game. Kind of a weird one, by the way. Uh, Sharif actually was pretty quiet in that game, and Jalen had a very strange game. Had some big numbers, 19 points, 16 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 steals, but had 8 turnovers, and some of them were very bad, uh, having watched uh, most of that game. Um, Skylar Mays actually missed that game with a bone bruise, so not really sure what the, uh, what the deal is there, but he's not in the injury report for the Hawks in advance of Wednesday's game. But that's some depth, and we'll get into this later on, but I think there is actually a scenario in which uh, one or two of these guys might participate on Wednesday night. I know they've not been playing much at all this season, but there is uh, obviously a little bit of a roster crunch right now. We could see some of Jalen Johnson in particular on Wednesday potentially, which we'll hold on to and talk about in a moment. Elsewhere, I know I'm throwing a lot at you on this podcast, but that's kind of the nature of the beast right now. Um, Woj of ESPN, of course, uh, reported on Tuesday that the scheduled games for Christmas, which of course the Hawks is playing, they're, they're, they're playing in one of these, one of the five games on Tuesday, this is reported by Woj on Tuesday for Saturday's Christmas games. But the NBA in a memo reportedly let teams know that they might actually shift the times of games depending on team and player availability to focus most on the three games for the ABC windows. The Hawks right now in New York to play the Knicks are the 12 o'clock game. And that's not one of the ABC windows, so um, maybe they would get moved into a better spot if Trey was not in the protocols or something like that. A lot of uncertainty, but... Woj reported that they actually might change this all the way up until the day before. So keep in mind on that, people will be ejecting, I know, for Christmas and celebrating with family. But uh, the Hawks' tip-off time could change. Obviously, they could postpone as well. That's at least in, that's at least in play at this point in time. But um, keep an eye on that, and I will try to update it as things come along. But the uh, ABC windows, by the way, are 2.35 and 8 o'clock Eastern. Those are going to be the ones they focus on the most because of monetary reasons. And I talked about this a little bit with Chris Manning, but... Uh, it goes without saying and so on some level, but the NBA badly needs and wants to play Christmas games, in particular the ABC games, because of the money that they generate. It's part of the huge TV deal they have. 
It's the biggest day of the year in terms of, uh, honestly, the Christmas games outrate most of the playoffs. That's, a, that's how big of a deal this is in terms of ratings and TV money and all that stuff. So keep that all in mind, and uh, they're going to push hard to play games if they can. Um, to that end, Adam Silver, the commissioner, spoke to Malika Andrews on ESPN today on Tuesday and said the NBA has no plans to pause the season. Um, the quote um, that I'll pass along here was, uh, this virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it. And the other one is that we're tr- we're having trouble coming up with a logic, what the logic would be, I should say, in a mid-season pause, end quote. Silver said about 65% of players, almost two-thirds of the, of the league, is boosted at this point in time. And of the guys who've had breakthrough cases, a very small number of them is what he, is what he said that, have been the guys who were boosted and that they've largely been asymptomatic, whereas the uh, the bigger issues have been with the guys who've had the one Johnson & Johnson shot or haven't been boosted yet at all. So keep that in mind as well. Um, they're still not to the point where they're only going to test um, if symptoms arise. They're still testing everybody at this point. Um, and also he said the new variant, Omicron variant, has about 90% of the current cases around the NBA. Um, you know, nothing shocking there, but no pause coming in the near future, it seems, from Adam Silver at this point in time. And uh, there you go. Uh, last thing on the news front before we get to uh, some game stuff is that the mayor of Atlanta actually issued an executive order to reinstate an indoor mask mandate for the city as a result of the new variant. No word yet as to whether this will apply to State Farm Arena because it didn't at one point and it hasn't. Um, but that could that could impact some people that might want to attend Hawks Magic and the Hawks also have a home game next week as well. Um, this season, masks have not been required. Um, if, if you're not from Atlanta, you may be surprised by that, but they've not been required. They've been uh, recommended, but with no enforcement at all, they have uh, not been required. And I would say, as someone who's been to some games this season, uh, the mask wearing is not very high uh, in terms of percentage of people uh, in the building that are, that are non-media, non-staff, etc. Fans are not. Um, there are definitely some. I'm not saying they're not, but in terms of the percentage, um, not, not a lot of mask wearing, let's just say. So that might change in the future. I'm not sure. We'll find out, I guess, on Wednesday. But uh, that's kind of uh, relevant, I think, as cases are going sky high really everywhere in the country, but especially in and around Atlanta and other places in the big cities, etc. Yeah, that's probably enough of the uh, of the news portion. But we will talk about Hawks Magic and the game scheduled for Wednesday. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone. You can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. Also, you have the power of three unlimited data lines, 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can share all of the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and you can find out today. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. There's more power to save with Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage is not available everywhere and for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. All right, and a look ahead to the game scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday between the Hawks and the Magic in Atlanta. Um, Orlando actually hasn't played in a while either. You know, the Hawks had their game postponed on Sunday. Orlando had a game postponed on Monday, so they've not played since Saturday, even, uh, even longer than the Hawks. They actually won that game, Orlando did, because uh, in large part Brooklyn was without all of their key guys, and it was a pretty ugly game in a lot of ways. But the injury report on both sides of this game is uh, pretty uh, grim, let's just say. So we'll lay it all out here, and I'll probably get some context here at the end of the podcast. But the one bit of positive news for the Hawks is that Bogdanovich is probable with the right ankle sprain. He's not been able to play for almost a month. His last game was November 27th, so that would be a huge boost for Atlanta. 
Um, obviously, he would help them in this game, but even more so big picture, having him back is a, a big add if that happens and probably usually is a good indication that he, that he will, will return. Nothing guaranteed, but uh, that'd be huge for the Hawks. Uh, TLC is listed as questionable with a non-COVID illness at this point in time. He's been starting. Um, I would imagine they, they will probably start Bogdanovich and Herter um, if Bogdanovich is able to play real minutes and his normal minutes, but we'll see what happens there. TLC has uh, definitely been a rotation member, and I, I think he would still play if he is able to play in this game in terms of rotation stuff, but he might not play as questionable. Uh, then, of course, you have Trey and Capella and Gallinari out in the protocols. Huge losses there. You know, Trey speaks for himself, but he's obviously the number one option on the offense, best player on the team. Capella anchors the defense, and then Gallo gives them that depth off the bench. So three of their top, you know, seven or eight guys being out of the being out of the lineup is a pretty big loss, very clearly. And then of course Solomon Hill and DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter are still out of the still out of action. So at a minimum, the Hawks will be down five guys in this game. Could be six if TLC doesn't play. Could be even more than that if anything else pops up in the protocols. But they'll be shorthanded in some respects. So here's what the Hawks have available potentially in the game. Um, in the backcourt, in terms of point guard options, they have DeLon Wright, they have Lou Williams, they have Skylar Mays and Shreve Cooper in some order. I would expect them to probably start DeLon Wright in this game if I had to guess. Could be Lou, but I would I would probably project DeLon if I had to make a choice and uh, a projection at point guard. Um, on the wings, you of course have Kevin Herter, who's been their anchor this entire time, basically, amid all the injuries. Bogey is probable, so he might play. Cam Reddish would be the other guy who would be an obvious rotation piece for them. Then they have TLC being questionable. And then the big TBD of both Malcolm Hill and Lance Stevenson. Either of them could be active. I'd be fairly surprised if they played, even if they were active, just because they have enough guys ahead of them. But if, if you get some more guys in the protocols or another injury, if TLC can't go, etc., maybe they are thrust into duty um, in, in a quick turnaround. And then up front, you have Collins, of course, as the best big available. Then you have a Kong Wu, you have Gorgie Jang, and Jalen Johnson. So they could have as many as 14 guys available. That would feel pretty normal, even without three of their key guys, plus two more injuries. Um, they had, probably have at least 11 as long as Bogdanovich plays, that he's the 11th guy in terms of being active. Uh, they have 10 guys who are fully healthy and not on the injury report at this point in time, um, provided you get Stevenson and Hill available. Um, could be less than that if, if those guys are not brought in, but we'll see. Um, I think in terms of rotation stuff, people are asking me this question, so I'll kind of address it here. I think the seven guys who are pretty much a lock to play, if they are active, are Collins, Akongwu, Herter, Bogdanovich, Reddish, Wright, and Lou Williams. Those seven guys are in the rotation. If they are available, they will probably play. Um, I think TLC gets closer to being a lock if he is actually active, but he's questionable, so we'll see. Um, I also would I would strongly assume that Gorgie Jang will play at some point because he's the third big available, and you know Orlando is not terribly huge, but they have some size up front, so I would imagine he plays as well. That, that, that'd be nine guys if TLC was active and Jang would play. And then I think Jalen Johnson has a pretty clear potential to play in this game as kind of the fourth big. You know, one of the things that I've kind of alluded to, and Nate's not said this as clearly, but I think the clearest way for him to, for Jalen to play would be to have somebody out at power forward, whether it be John or Gallinari, and Gallinari is out in this game. And their small ball power forward option of DeAndre Hunter is not available at this point. TLC's played a little bit of power forward, but even he is questionable. So. Honestly, I think, you know, famous last words, I would actually guess Jalen Johnson plays, if I had to guess. Um, I'm not going to guarantee it by any means, because, you know, Nate's been pretty clear that he's not exactly excited to play the rookies. But I do think that because of where they are, just roster availability-wise, Jalen getting a few minutes back on power forward would make some sense in this game. They also could try either Skyler or Sharif or both. But the return of Bogdanovich, at least the projected return of Bogdanovich, actually makes it a little bit harder to play those guys. Because, again, I think you pretty much have to 
project both Lou and DeLon Wright to play, plus Herter. That's three guys, and Reddish on the perimeter. That's four guys that are guaranteed minutes, pretty much. And if Bogey plays, that's five. And then suddenly you're getting into, are, are they going to play six guys on the perimeter? I'm not really sure. So uh, they'll be in uniform, I'd imagine, unless something changes. And uh, we'll see about Skylar and Sharif. But I, I do think that if I had to guess, again, I want to st- stress this. This is a total guess for me. I would guess Jalen Johnson is the fourth big on Wednesday. Um, on the Orlando side, just to wrap things up a little bit, they have a ton of injuries and absences and protocol stuff as well. Um, two, of their best, two of their best players are actually questionable to play, Cole Anthony and Wendell Carter Jr. Anthony's been their best player this year. He's been really good, actually. And then Carter Jr. has been kind of uh, breaking out a little bit in Orlando as well. He's having a nice season. That's a big swing. If they don't play, Orlando is pretty dire. If they do play, they're not good, but it's a lot more competitive in terms of their roster. Um, they're also missing Mobamba, RJ Hampton, Terrence Ross, and Mo Wagner in the protocols, plus Markel Fultz, MCW, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, and Jalen Suggs out with injuries. So I tweeted a screenshot of this on Tuesday, but Orlando had nine guys in their last game, and that included replacement players. Um, they only had three or four guys that you would recognize as rotation caliber players. They had Gary Harris, they had Chumo Kiki, they had Franz Wagner, the rookie lottery pick, and Robin Lopez. And that's kind of it. Like, I know guys, the rest of their guys, but, like, Michael Mulder started for them. B.J. Johnson, a former Hawk, was active um, for Orlando. Admiral Schofield, a Hawk summer league guy from this last season, was active. Hassani Gravitt, Aleem Ford. Um, it could be that same nine, actually, for Orlando if they do not get uh, either Cole Anthony or Wendell Carter to go. So I say all that. There's no betting line right now. I've been online because of all the uncertainty and all the injuries and all that stuff. But um, honestly, I think the only way the Hawks would not be favored in this game, even without Trey and Capella and Gallinari and Hunter, of course, would be if uh, Bogey didn't play and both Anthony and Carter did play. And I think the Hawks might still be favored because the Hawks are at home. They have the best player uh, in John Collins um, on either team. So, you know, the Hawks, I think if you go roster for roster, particularly if Bogey plays, and you line up who's available for both teams, um, it might sound crazy because the Hawks are without three of their top six, seven guys, but they're still better and they're playing at home. So I would imagine what we, with what we know now, um, no, no more protocol stuff, et cetera, which is not a guarantee by any means that the Hawks will be favored in this game. But we'll touch on it all, as we always do on the podcast after the game on Wednesday. But uh, not exactly a great um, game to look forward to. You know, the Hawks have to bank some wins. You know, there is a little bit of urgency here. Orlando has nothing to play for. They're one of the worst teams in the league. But the Hawks are, uh, you know, not in the greatest position in terms of wins and losses right now. And, um, you know, they've not been great without Trey in the past. But I will say they've actually been better in games where they know Trey's out. Like, when Trey misses full games, the Hawks have been a little bit more spry. Um, you know, the Brandon Goodwin games a couple years ago, um, they were, they've, been out, they've been pretty competitive without Trey in full games when they can kind of game plan for it. The times when Trey sits on the bench in the middle of games, they've been pretty terrible. So... Um, they have now known for a few days that Trey's not going to be able to play in this game. Uh, so they have some time to prepare for that. And, you know, that you do have some vets available in the backcourt. We'll see. Orlando is not good. <laughs> Let's just say that as a final thing on the podcast. Orlando is not very good. So uh, lots of information to throw at you on this um, sort of catch-up podcast on Tuesday night. I'm going to post this now instead of holding it until midnight as well. But um, please subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter for all the live stuff uh, at BT Roland. Also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. Uh, it's great if you would subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about the show. And uh, whether there's a game or not, on Wednesday I will have a podcast. Um, all systems right now are go in terms of this game actually happening, and you'll probably need some craziness for it not to happen. But it's all in flux right now. So stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. And uh, our next show should be dropping on Wednesday evening. So we'll see you next time.